1: So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative, we've got your
0: Nerd Alert!
1: Hello there, it's obi John Kenobi, and welcome to your final seasonal special Nerd Alert. Uh, We hope you're cozied up with your fuzzy socks in front of a roaming fire with hot cocoa, Uh, lots of presents around the tree uh the lights all twinkling hopefully the lights aren't twinkling clark thanks i know you notice uh anyway we're closing out our seasonal programming with a topic we're super excited to talk about because uh we're gonna be discussing today a christmas classic um in all different colors of the rainbow where today we're talking about our favorite versions of charles dickens timeless classic a christmas carol um before we get into that let me introduce who we'll be discussing that with today you know him you love him he's the host of the fastest growing show on the top Nerded to me network uh that of course being house rules he's the man who keeps the nerd in the Tot Nerded to me network he is commander scott
0: well so Thank you very much, as always, for the introduction. Um, but just just to keep the record clear, I am not the host of House Rules. I am a host of House Rules. There's 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 quite a there there there's several of us. You know, you've been on the show as well, but mm-hmm. it's, it's it's not just just me. There's several. Um, but that being said, when it when it comes to Keeping the nerd in in talk nerdy to me. Uh, so, one thing that's kind of I, I've been looking at here the last little bit is is the word humbug. Since we are talking about you know a Christmas Carol from Charles Dickens, the, the, this this the the word humbug has kind of become synonymous with this because Ebenezer Scrooge does it. And so I got to looking at the etymology of the word humbug. And I have to say I'm quite intrigued by it. Because myself when I when I watch a Christmas carol and and Ebenezer Scrooge says "bah humbug." You know, it always uh, appeared to me as if he was saying, you know, uh, you know, uh, I don't I, like that's, you know, bullshit or, you know, uh, like a dismissive kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I guess it still is, but it didn't quite, the, the context of the reality didn't quite. So looking at this, uh, so it comes from a slang uh, from the late. The second half of the 18th century and into the early 19th century. Uh, Humbug is. um, The original origin is quite lost to time, but like I said, late 18th, early 19th century slang to mean trick, jest, uh, hoax, imposition or deception. You know, um, it's a verb basically, to deceive by false pretext, uh, A vogue word of, uh, sorry, a vogue word of the early 1750s. Its origin was subject of much whimsical speculation even then. Uh, as a- with other more recent, recent words of similar introduction, the facts as to its origin appear to have been lost uh, even before the word became... Uh, common enough to excite attention, meaning its meaning was spirit of deception or imposition, hollowness or sham. Uh, be, like I said, between the late 18th century and early 19th century, usage of this 1750, 1751, all the way up until about 1830-ish. Um, so the, the, the whole deception... You know thing the whole Oh I don't I don't believe what you're saying So when it comes to Ebenezer Scrooge All things Christmas saying Humbug I wasn't expecting Deception You know yeah it's dismissive It's like I don't believe what you're saying But I don't know The whole aspect of deception threw me off Does that make sense? I suppose. Yeah. So humbuggery is a false pretense of imposition. So you're trying to deceive me. And I guess that makes sense from from, from,
1: Scrooge's point of view.
0: From Scrooge's point of view, yeah. It's, it's, you know, everything is... um, uh, the 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 wonderful spirit of giving that you know, he's like you know what you know what I don't believe it you know you're 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 trying to screw me
1: over that the the whole Christmas yeah he season... he he sees he sees Christmas as just a uh, an excuse to get out of work and and to, to give money to people who don't deserve it and that's it yeah Yeah, from scrooge's perspective i told you that that works that checks out
0: yeah it does but once again when looking at the etymology of this word the whole the aspect of deception kind of screwed me over i wasn't expecting that it makes Mm -hmm. sense you know looking at it but i i wasn't i wasn't expecting that so well
1: there you go well now you all know what you're really saying when you look at someone and say bah And is it bah humbug or just humbug?
0: Well, that depends on your, um, which, which version of a Christmas carol you're, 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 you're referring to. Okay. You know, um, because bah is, it's not really so much a word as an exclamation, like, Ah, like, like as an oi or hey, or, you know, so if you, if you're looking at bah, humbug basically what he's saying is shit you're deceiving me
1: so yeah there you go exactly yeah that doesn't quite roll off the tongue as as well yeah Yeah, (laughs) shit you're deceiving me good call charles dickens (laughs) uh, way to go
0: you Uh, writer you
1: uh so yeah so today well thank you first of all scott thank you for that um because i thought that was a really interesting topic for today uh and i love when we can tie the 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 educating of our audience uh, our nerdy fact into the larger topic today uh, so now we all know what we're saying when we exclaim bah! humbug oh. now you know what you're saying push up humbug um sorry so today yes we're talking about the immortal classic christmas carol i say immortal because it just will not go away um i did some research on it as far as this so the the novel was first uh published in 1843 it uh, took less than a year for the first stage adaptations 1844 uh to start hitting uh in 1853 uh, Dickens himself began doing public readings of the tale and in 1901 the first screen version called Scrooge or Marley's Ghost uh, was uh, released to theaters that really didn't have theaters in 1901 but the, the first film adaptation was made uh, and sadly that is believed to be pretty much lost to, to time at this point. Um, there are a few like random screen grabs, but I think it's pretty, most of it has been lost over the years, sadly. Um, and since then, not more than a few years ever go by without some kind of new film, TV show, mini series. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to to count the number of stage adaptations that have been put on of Christmas Carol. Uh, it's one of those tales that. Just, constantly reinvented and reinterpreted and retold. Um and there's plenty of people out there who'll debate who the best Scrooge is. Uh but we're gonna go look at a little more uh complete view. We're talking about our favorite adaptations of a Christmas carol. Like I said, there are a lot to choose from. Again from nineteen oh one to two thousand twenty one. So 120 years worth. Um so we're not gonna quite cover all of them today. Sorry. But we'll we'll cover our top picks. Um and we'll tell you why there are top picks. We're not just gonna say, oh, this one, it's cool. Like, we're, we're gonna get into it. Um is it just us? So it is just us. Uh Jay is not gonna be here today. I don't believe. Are you is sure? he hold on, let me see. Is there is there a call coming in late? I mean Hello. <laughs> we're gonna be the hap, hap, happiest assholes on this Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking gay. Wow, dude, language. This is the Christmas episode. It's supposed to be for everybody. you see the size of that goddamn chicken? Holy shit, Jay. (laughs) Watch your mouth. Where's the Tylenol? Yeah, he's just... (laughs) I thought this eggnog was non-alcoholic.
0: No, I think jay
1: spiked no.
0: his own eggnog no, no 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 there is no such thing as non-alcoholic eggnog when it comes.
1: i, to... I assure you sir there is
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but apparently not not when jay is concerned
0: um, so you you had mentioned uh yeah. you you had mentioned uh like uh the earliest adaptation on film of a christmas carol being as right at the turn of the century 1901 right yes is that what you said so i'm yes. so i'm i'm looking i'm doing just just a real quick search on a christmas carol on imdb and i understand it's not the the be all end all but the, like the earliest that i can find on that is
1: 1951 uh well i guess that how about so i'm really 1901 was produced as scrooge or marley's ghost a silent black and white british film one of the first known adaptations of a dickens work on film but is now largely lost
0: um so marley's ghost i mean i I know imdb tries to be you know as comprehensive as it can
1: Right, but like I said, this was, it was this was 1901, and it's believed to be lost, so they may not have an entry for it because there may not be anything to enter for other than it, 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 it existed, yeah.
0: They actually do. So it okay. took, I had to do some creative searching, so it's Scrooge Com- or
1: so it's comma, Marley's Marley's Ghost.
0: or Marley's Ghost, yeah. Um, it's Christmas Eve. The miser Scrooge and his assistant Cratchit finish their work. Uh, Scrooge has opened his front door, blah, blah, blah. It's the synopsis of the thing. Um, director Walter R. Booth, writers J.C. Buckhorn for the play, and Charles Dickens for the novel starred Daniel Smith. Wow. This is, this is quite interesting. But this is this is the historical nerd in me.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, so, like I said, lots of different versions to to choose from and to to culminate through. So we're gonna start this just like we did with our previous list. We're gonna go uh, least to most. Right. That was the skill used. Yeah. Sure. Your your least... least most favorite to your most most favorite. I,
0: I think in this instance, our <laughs> most most favorite is gonna you know we're we're both gonna coincide at the same. Oh.
1: It yeah. absolutely is, yes. And if Jay was if Jay really was here, it, it would be all three of us. So um it's mostly it, what are our 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 least most favorites.
0: It would. Um and so here's the thing when it comes to us talking about a Christmas carol, specifically a Christmas carol as far as okay. Christmas stories and stuff. You know, I've only actually watched Let's see here. One, two, three, four different versions. I don't know about you. I don't know how many different different screen adaptation versions.
1: Scott, I spent the last week watching everything from 1901 to 2021. You didn't put that same amount of research in.
0: No, I did not. I'm sorry. I've had. Yeah, I've had a lot of other stuff going on.
1: I've seen 11,000 adaptations of the
0: Well, account. so as of, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to go back. To <laughs> 1901 version of this and and the stuff that i found is like apparently it was originally 620 minutes in length but only 323 minutes of which survive uh being curated at the british film institute and i would really like to know where you watched those 323 minutes at where did you find the
1: copy can't be are you sure it's feet and not minutes
0: sorry sorry feet you are correct okay yeah I, I'm,
1: I'm misinterpreting like a 600 yeah. Yeah. minute film from 1901 <laughs> i don't think so
0: yeah no you're right i was misinterpreting the the data yeah it's 620 okay. feet originally of film but only 323 feet of which currently survive
1: sounds yeah that sounds better
0: yeah and I'd like to know but where Jesus,
1: you did watch that. Peter Jackson make a Christmas Carol <laughs> 620 minutes?
0: No, but now I want to see a Peter Jackson <laughs> of a Christmas Carol. I want to see this. So,
1: anyway. Right, well, well, I'm going to start this off with my most, least, most favorite. Go for uh, it. Okay. Uh, so, hailing from the year 1986. This is technically not a film adaptation. It is an episode of a cartoon show for children. And Scott probably knows exactly where I'm going.
0: Oh, I know Uh,
1: The episode of the real Ghostbusters (laughs) called "Xmas Marks the Spots, uh, which I did rewatch for the show because I hadn't watched it in a very long time. Um, Written by uh, the incomparable, the amazing J. Michael Straczynski, uh who is just i mean pretty much everything he touches just turns to gold uh he's he's a fantastic writer creator of babylon 5 uh wrote one of roman and thor comic books that i love um and of course was a prolific writer on at least the first two or three seasons of the real ghostbusters uh wrote some of the best episodes of that show um a guy who loved uh, his, his his storytelling and uh, refused to pander to kids and, and talk down to kids. Uh, and this is a perfect example. Um, he actually gives an introduction to this episode on the um, box set. And he talks about know, his love for Dickens. And uh, it just seemed like a no-brainer to combine somehow the Ghostbusters with this story. Uh, and to just go have fun with it and play it out. Um, So the story of x Marks the Spot is the story of a Christmas carol from a very weird angle. Uh, We start with the Ghostbusters driving home from a job on Christmas Eve in upstate New York. Uh, They're all bundled up wearing hats and coats uh, over top of their flight suits. Uh, The Ecto-1 breaks down. They get out to walk and try to find uh, a nearby town or something, all conveniently putting their proton packs on for no apparent reason. Uh, They walk through what they think is a weird windstorm that turns out to be a time portal, and they find themselves in uh, 1837 in upstate New York at the residence of one Ebenezer Scrooge as uh, the ghost of Bob Marley exits through his wall. Uh, which sets off the PKE meter, and they go, oh, there's a ghost. Let's go bust it. Uh, let's not bother figuring out what's going on. Let's just bust the ghost. Uh, so they broke into to Scrooge's house and find all three ghosts, uh, uh, spirits of um christmas past present and future all right there at one time uh kind of ignoring the rules of uh, dickens but it's okay that's the, the that is the least of the uh sins of adaptation if you're looking at this as a straight adaptation of the story it's terrible uh but they bust all the ghosts uh ebenezer scrooge uh tries to stiff them on the bill because ebenezer scrooge or, ebenezer scrooge would try to screw them on the bill um and pays them in a coin minted from 1837 they take it as payment and leave um come back to the ecto miraculously it starts up again they drive back into town and suddenly realize they've pulled the back to the future uh entrapping the ghosts they have uh deprived scrooge of his character development uh and and a Christmas Carol was never published, and he was not a fictional character. He's a real person. And instead, he wrote a tale called The Christmas Humbug about how he defeated the spirit of Christmas and how it was all a sham. And that became doctrine for the entire world. And the Ghostbusters, as Ray puts it, in a very dramatic close up shot directly to camera that I'm sure scarred some kids, uh, turns and says, No, Peter, we killed Christmas. Thanks, Ray um so from that point on it turns into them trying to fix what they uh broke um it's really cool egon goes into the containment unit to try to get the ghosts back out while the other guys go back through the time portal to ebenezer's house and take the place of the three spirits to try to stall for time while egon gets the real spirits to come back um there's kind of a side story of peter being a bit of a scrooge and not really caring about christmas because his dad was never around on christmas uh and him learning the christmas spirit um it's a really weird tale i won't tell you how it ends you should look it up but uh, a fun sort of meta take on the story of a christmas carol
0: so yeah you know, it, it, it kills me. I don't know about you, but as as far as being a Ghostbusters fan, I mean, I completely understand that as a Ghostbuster, if I was living that life, you know, I would not go anywhere, even the bathroom. A <laughs> pack on. You, know, you know, I mean, if I'm going to if I'm going to take a shower, I, I'm still going to have the proton pack probably on the toilet. You know, just just sitting there within arm's reach. Given all the stuff that we've gone through, yeah, proton pack is gonna be my my standard, um, and, and such. But uh, I, I yeah, I, I do remember this, and it it always killed me. Um, even even as a a young person watching this, because I am who I am. Uh, the fact that. When when we go into the story of A Christmas Carol and we bust the ghosts inside the fictional story, when it comes back out that apparently Scrooge has published the book A Christmas Humbug, it, like, like they completely ignore the fact that Scrooge didn't publish A Christmas Carol, it was Dickens and that Scrooge was a fictional character inside the story, but now apparently Scrooge is the non-fictional character who publishes the
1: story? They do hang a lampshade on that. E. Winston says, uh, I always thought Scrooge was a made-up character. I didn't realize he was a real person. So apparently in the universe of the real Ghostbusters, Dickens does not exist, and Scrooge is real, and lived in upstate New York in uh, 1837
0: and 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 in the in the the non-interrupted timeline he publishes the story A Christmas Carol not Charles Dickens
1: I guess we we never actually see a printed copy of A Christmas Carol the guys just know the story
0: A Christmas Carol by Ebenezer Scrooge that's that's very I mean it it fits you know, if if he was visited by the ghosts and he did his whole thing and he had his change of heart. Hey, I'm going to I'm going to publish the story. I'm going to I'm going to share the wealth. I'm going to pay it forward by creating a Christmas carol by Ebenezer Scrooge. Interesting.
1: And I believe there is an issue of the comics from um, IDW that revisits this material uh with the ghostbusters in the the christmas Carol, i couldn't didn't have time to dig it out and check uh but this is yeah it, it's a kind of a, a common thing of hey it's a christmas story it's ghostbusters there's a famous christmas story involving ghosts let's mash these two together um this one again goes in and even it already starts out weird enough with we walk through a time portal and we kind of brush that off very quickly <laughs> Oh yeah! Hey, we walked through a time portal. They brushed that off very quickly uh, well, to deal with. Hey, also, Ebenezer Scrooge is real. Hey. um it, it, good.
0: The the time portal is a tried and true, you know, <laughs> phenomenon, as seen in the movie uh, A Final Countdown. <laughs>
1: But again, the, <laughs> that we we, we rushed out another gorilla. Okay, fine, cool. It happened. And it just apparently stays in that one spot for as long as we needed to. Um because again, there's plenty of ways you could kind of mash those these two uh IPs together, but it very quickly goes into a weird back to the future. We've got to fix the thing we broke about the timeline kind of angle, which is not the angle I would have expected the Ghostbusters to go. Um and again i'm not criticizing it but i'm just like is is insane as an episode of j michael straczynski episode of ghostbusters can get this got even more bizarre than i remember it as a kid i don't remember the part of egon going inside the containment unit in a giant spacesuit. i forgot all about that Really? Uh, i forgot yeah I, I, I forgot about the guys having to fill in as the ghosts which honestly was kind of hilarious um that was the stroke of genius uh, no, ray uh, trying to do charades as yeah. the ghost of christmas well, present
0: and uh and and peter being the ghost of christmas past and them having to flying him around remember they had him they had him like, yes. like
1: rope tied around his waist he has a view master strapped to his oh, face yes. while <laughs> peter's pushing him around in a chair yes yes the
0: view master i forgot about the ViewMaster.
1: Because it's how they show him his past past. Oh,
0: um, I do remember Egon yeah. going into the containment unit um, to get the ghosts out. Um, I uh, remember I episodes that.
1: where he did that, but I forgot it was this one.
0: As far as I know, this is the only one where Egon goes in. They send Slimer in in one other episode
1: mm-hmm.
0: to to get uh, to get some ghosts out. But but what always struck me. Uh, as, as interesting was when Egon goes in to get the ghosts of Christmas, past, present, and future. Like, literally, they're just kind of, you know, hanging out on a rock, just, you know, chin on, you know, a fist on chin board. Like, they're like, well, shit, <laughs> we got caught, you know. And he's like, hey, guys, how's it going? And they're like, oh, hey, what's going on? He's like, well, we made a mistake. Oh, you think, really? Okay, come with me and they try to get out before the rest of the ghosts figure out that Egon is in the containment unit and has a way out.
1: Which, of course, backfires. There's a big chase to get to the portal at the end. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's cool. It's uh, Again, it, for all the ways you could have put these stories together, um, the the time travel angle, they really played that up. Because um, it really has more to do with time travel than it does busting ghosts. Yes. Yes. Uh, But it's an interesting, again, interesting mashup, Um, and I I would love to see um, other ways to put these, you know, maybe combine it with a, a movie I'll talk about a little bit later, where it's, you know, the Ghostbusters encountering the spirits without being attached to the Dickens Scrooge part of it. Um, and I really at first when the, you you can tell very clearly uh, early on in the episode they were kind of setting Peter up to be a, an analog for Scrooge because uh, I hadn't watched this episode in years, and I was okay. like, oh, did did the ghosts end up does Peter take Scrooge's place? Is that what happens in this episode? No, it's not what happens in this episode, but I felt like, felt like that's what they were kind of setting up at one point. uh but no, we went we went back, back to the future route with it
0: well. But they do kind of set Peter up as an analog for Scrooge because he doesn't have the spirit of Christmas. He yeah. he learns the spirit of Christmas throughout the episode.
1: Yeah, so him having to teach Scrooge a lesson ends up inadvertently teaching him a lesson. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not uh, here to pick apart the episode. Uh, they do a lot in 22 minutes. And again, J. Michael Straczynski is wonderful. Um, I mean, we... <laughs> yeah, the the amount of story they crammed into to this one episode is is insane. and everything has a payoff somewhere to it. So very, very well done.
0: if you and, and not to gush too much on uh, J. Michael Strasinski, because he is a wonderful writer. But if you look at like even even not even the stuff that he does, but the early, and this is a whole topic for a different episode, the early episodes of. Uh, the real ghostbusters and the writers that they tapped for that they do a wonderful job of doing very encapsulating storylines uh for for a children's cartoon in the uh the mid 80s
1: yeah the first two seasons are absolutely phenomenal yeah Uh, the amount of subject matter they cover and and how dark and actually scary some of those episodes are allowed to get uh before they brought in the marketing department and totally fucked up the show um yeah yeah, uh, it's amazing you Uh, get sam hayden and the grendel and fucking cthulhu in a kids cartoon show
0: yeah i i agree it's it's wonderful what they did with those early episodes once again before the marketing people were called in they're like we should change this to make it more kid-friendly you know what screw you stop pandering to what you think kids are and just tell them how things actually are and and educate them
1: we're going down this dumb rabbit hole we're going down this it's even dumber than that scott because the show (laughs) was number one in its uh, uh, time slot for kids of whatever certain age. It was already number one. They brought in an HR marketing department to fix what wasn't broken. It's working. You're number one. Oh, let's fix it. Um, guys, That's you, we're already number. We can't get any better. We can't do any better. What, what do you think needs to be fixed? Yeah, that's when we change out Janine's... Uh, style and and voice and Peter can't be mean to Slimer anymore and, and yeah the show loses his teeth. Yeah. But anyway
0: anyway.
1: That's a whole different topic. Oh, so there you go. My 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 uh, number three least most favorite <laughs> Christmas Carol adaptation and it's a very loose adaptation. <laughs> uh, it's real Ghostbusters, Xmas marks the spot.
0: Well you know what? It's a great place to start. For a discussion of a Christmas carol, um, and and if we're we're starting with our least favorite adaptations of it, it it really pains me. God, it pains me. Horrible Uh that that I have to start, you know, of my least favorite adaptations of a Christmas carol.
1: With this, the least most favorite.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, once again, I'm not trying to say it's bad. I'm just saying, of all the ones that I've seen, this is 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 the one I don't I I like the least. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that if if it's when I'm when I'm watching a Christmas Carol, this is not the one I go to. And it pains me that I have to go with this version, but it's the TV movie of a Christmas Carol. From 1999, which stars as Ebenezer Scrooge, Patrick
1: Stewart. Thank you for clarifying which TV version of A Christmas yes. Carol. Uh, yeah, yeah, I,
0: I get there's been a lot of different versions and everything. But and as, as a huge Star Trek fan as I am, and I love Patrick Stewart. Uh, he really is a great actor, but... Watching this movie, I don't know if you've seen it or not.
1: Was this the one that was on, like, TNT?
0: That I don't know.
1: Because I vaguely remember, <coughs> like, ads for it. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever actually seen it.
0: Yeah, and it's it's one of those things, like you like you said, it goes through and you're like, I might have seen ads for that. Like, like no one really remembers it. But then when you watch it, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember seeing parts of this. So it's in 1999. It's literally, um, you know, Patrick Stewart off of coming off of Star Trek: Insurrection, the you know the 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 uh, a voice from the Prince of Egypt and stuff. But before he does X Men as Professor Charles Xavier, in between Star Trek and X Men, he did a Christmas Carol. And, and he's a classically trained actor and, and everything. And like, literally, if you watch this movie, there is nothing wrong with this adaptation. The only thing wrong with it is that it is a strictly faithful adaptation. Like, there's no, there's no, um, uh, there, there, there's no, uh, shit, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, not. Liberation, but that's not the word I'm thinking. That's
1: not the word I'm looking for. No creative liberties.
0: It's liberties. Yeah, there's no liberties. Thank you. Taken for this at all. It, it, It is a straight vanilla adaptation of A Christmas Carol. He does a beautiful job, but it's so middle of the road that it gets forgotten about. You know, he is playing it straight up, you know, and and everybody else in this movie is playing it straight up. Like you look at it, you watch, and you go, "Yep, it's a Christmas Carol." There's nothing that 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 takes it to the extreme. It's and, and as far as adaptations of a Christmas Carol go, I love it because it's Patrick Stewart. Oh, and also, um, uh, 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 what's his name here? Uh, the, the Richard Grant as Bob Cratchit. Which I love Richard Grant as an actor. He does a beautiful job because he is he is he plays such wonderfully like um uh shit. I'm just blanking on words tonight, I'm sorry. Uh aggressive characters and 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 strong characters, but he does a wonderful job in this one of playing a subservient character that you forget he's even in the role. Um, You know, Dominic West as Scrooge's nephew, uh, Ian McNeese as Fezziwig, uh, uh, Scrooge's old boss, uh, like, like literally everybody in this movie is a wonderful actor that has done beautiful stuff in other things, but they play their roles so, so spot on in this that they're forgotten about
1: just kind of cut and dry
0: yeah it's like you are you
1: follow the recipe but there's no love in the the, the making of
0: yeah and even there's there's even love i can even say there's love but once again like you said they're 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 like hey here's the recipe okay you've hit the sweet spot richard grant you are the most wonderful bob cratchit so we're gonna forget about you because you're supposed to be forgotten about you, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, Dominic West. You are Scrooge's nephew in every iteration we've seen of Scrooge's nephew, so we're gonna forget about you. You know, um, yeah, it's like they are so spot on to everything we have seen before that we completely forget this movie exists.
1: So, well, The interesting. Okay, so I'm looking at because yeah, this was the one I was thinking of. It was on TNT back in '99. I remember seeing, like I said, I remember the commercials for it. I don't remember ever actually watching it, but apparently it was produced after Patrick Stewart performed a series of successful one man shows of a Christmas Carol on Broadway in London. That's what inspired this version. So that makes me curious if someone saw the one man show said, wow, he's fantastic. We need to get that on film. But then someone's like, yeah, but you don't film a one man show. Ah. So maybe this maybe the spice to this performance was Stewart as a one man show. And when you take him out and just limit him to playing Scrooge, maybe that's where the spice got lost.
0: Now that 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 I don't know, because I never saw the one man show. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything about the one man show, um, but. I I could see if you take a one man show and and try to adapt it as a film. Yeah, I I could see you losing some of the magic of what the stage production was.
1: So, that's all I got for you there.
0: Well, yeah, but that, that, so the 1999 Patrick Stewart A Christmas Carol is my least favorite adaptation of A Christmas Carol.
1: Alrighty, there we go. Well, moving on, my number two least most favorite. <laughs> uh,
0: so, now hang on, number two yes. out of how many total?
1: I have three total.
0: See, I have I have four total.
1: Okay, you want to go again?
0: No, that's okay. okay. I mean, we, we can.
1: I mean, I, there's plenty of annotations I can throw more in here, but those are just the ones I had time to take decent notes.
0: Well, on. and the ones, and also the ones you think of, like the ones you've seen yes, when you yes. think of A Christmas Carol. Oh, hey, I know blah, 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 blah. And
1: yeah. I know we'll spend quite a bit of time on our, I am sure our joint, uh, our number one pick is probably <laughs> yeah. the same one. I, I am 99.9% certain. That's a good um, So my number two least most favorite um, from 1988, this is so genius in so many ways. Uh, and yet in researching it, apparently the production was absolute hell. Um, which is crazy because the end product is absolute genius. Uh, this was the first version of a Christmas carol I ever watched and got scared by, uh, because in this particular version, the ghost of Christmas future is creepy as fuck. Um, but then, when I learned who directed this film, I was like, "Oh, well, that makes sense."
0: Well, uh, hang on it real okay. quick. Sorry, okay. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but we may want to wait because I think your number two is my number three.
1: Go okay, well then, go ahead. I want to forget oh. what I just said.
0: No, no, I'm I'm sorry. It, it didn't even occur to me that we would overlap. But it should have occurred to me that we would overlap. I'm I'm assuming you're talking about. Um, Dr. Peter
1: Venkman's. <laughs> yeah, we're just going into it. We're just doing it now. We tease it too much. We're doing it. Yeah. We'll restructure your list. Go Talking ahead. about Scrooge. Uh, from 1988. Yes. God. Uh, yes. Featuring Bill Murray as the character Frank Cross. Uh, this was dreamed up by two writers from SNL who, who wrote a contemporary version of A Christmas Carol, um, contemporary to the late 80s, um, where Scrooge is now a TV executive, a heartless TV executive, uh, played wonderfully by bill murray it features an outstanding supportive cast uh, karen allen john glover bobcat goldthwaite um, can't read my own handwriting now <laughs> uh, did, uh, robert mitchum alfrey woodard buddy hackett lee majors and <laughs> a great cameo uh, and um um shit carol i can't think of her last name now who plays ghost of christmas past um, but was directed by Richard Donner, um, Richard famous Donner for made this, yes, famous for the Omen, Superman, The Goonies. uh Richard Donner. Uh, oh, and of course, yeah. Lethal Weapon. Uh, is is the man who directed this? And I, 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 might have known that, but I forgot it. I, I was researching it tonight before we started it, and I was like, oh shit, Richard Donner. Well, that explains why Ghost of Christmas Future is so goddamn creepy. It's from the guy who made <laughs> the Omen. Yeah. Uh, so, also features, and I, I loved this, and didn't realize it until I was researching. Either it, it features not one, not two, but three of the Murray brothers. We have, of course, Bill Murray. Uh, Brian Doyle Murphy plays his his brother's father uh, in the flashback sequences, and in the modern day sequences, the the I think it's his nephew uh, is actually played by Joel Murphy. Sorry, Joel Murray. So there are three Murray brothers in this movie.
0: So, yeah, so this is this is my number two of of favorite uh, uh, Christmas Carol ad- adaptations, but it, it has actually been a while since I watched this. I'm looking at the IMDb entry now, and apparently Jamie Farr plays Jacob Marley. So, so does he play Jacob Marley in the the studio production that they're making? He's not Jacob. He he's not the ghost that comes to visit uh, Frank Cross, because that's John Forsyth, right?
1: Sorry, Scott. Can you repeat that? You broke up really bad. Oh,
0: sorry. So you know, in, in the movie, of course, Bill Murray plays Frank Cross, who's a who's a television executive, right? And they're they're making a Christmas Carol special, right? Uh-huh. In the movie, and yes. John Forsythe plays. His old plays the Jacob Marley role in that as Lou Hayward is is his character name because it's it, it's the Jacob Marley to Frank Cross, but it's got credited as Jamie Farr as Jacob Marley. I assume it's because Jamie Farr was playing Jacob Marley in the 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 Christmas Carol that they were producing in the movie.
1: You're probably right, but I honestly don't remember. Uh, I know Buddy Hackett is is playing Scrooge in the the yeah. There's yeah. there's so the movie gets kind of meta because the, yeah. uh, Frank the our, our new Scrooge is producing a live performance of a Christmas Carol. Uh, so there's a Scrooge within the Scrooge storyline. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah, Buddy Hackett is yeah. who plays Scrooge, Scrooge in, the, and, the film, yeah, in the film. Yeah. yeah,
0: Buddy Hackett is playing Scrooge in the the television. Or the adaptation that Frank Cross is producing of Christmas Carol. Because like you said, you've got A Christmas Carol within A Christmas Carol. And I think Jamie Farr is playing Jacob Marley in that um, production. But what kills me is, and this is what I'm curious about. So if we look at the meta version of it, you know, we've got Bill Murray as Frank Cross. Obviously, he is the Ebenezer Scrooge. Mm-hmm. So why do we go with the name Frank Cross? Like, is there is there something that I'm missing? Because usually when we do meta adaptations of things like this,
1: um, well, we I have think it's good.
0: you know our naming scheme there. There's usually a tie back in somehow in the naming scheme, but I'm not seeing it. And Frank Cross and Lou Hayward as the character of what would be the the Marley the Marley
1: in this so I, I, it, it wasn't necessarily an intention to be meta like scream is meta it was mostly we want to update the story and the the adaptation within the the movie within the movie is there as basically a plot device uh, okay. to explain some of Frank's weirdness uh, because everyone around Frank thinks he's just losing his mind. And then he's snapped because of the stress, because uh, there's a scene where he, if I remember, he, he freaks out on the wrong ghost of Christmas future. Uh, <laughs> yep. uh, it's just it's just the guy in the costume going to set. Um, so that's mostly why that stuff is there. Um, it's so I think the reason we didn't name him something uh, like Scroogerson or some shit like that is they weren't trying to be cute with it. They were just okay. trying to do a modern retelling of the story.
0: Yeah, so so you think like the 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 modern character names—they literally tried to go as as unmeta as possible.
1: Yeah, it, it was just it was it was an attempt to uh, just to to take this take the bones of the story and update it, because yeah. um, the ghosts don't all necessarily match up the descriptions of how they're supposed to look according to Dickens, especially in *Christmas Present* looks nothing like ghost of christmas present in in the traditional he's he's not the big uh you know red bearded guy he's he's the new york taxi driver
0: yeah god i love that i I actually love all the different versions of this especially carol Kane in this you know as ghost of christmas present because you know she she hits him with a toaster at one point because like, like every point of, of this. So the taxi driver is the co- ghost of Christmas past. You know, he's driving him down memory lane literally is what they're going with. But then we get to the ghost of Christmas present, Carol Kane. And, and every time she's, she shifts from one area to the next, she hits him somehow. She punches him. She hits him with a toaster. It's like, oh God, it's it's comedy gold. Cause it, cause it literally just goes back to physical comedy.
1: Apparently Bill Murray told her to play that up Really, uh, to his own detriment <laughs> because he got <laughs> this shit beat out of him. Um, the thing where she pulls down his lip <laughs> and, <it laughs> frank and pulls his lip down uh, that yeah. happened so many times they had to take a break so he could ice his face cause it was starting to swell. Oh shit. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was doing research into this before the show today just so I'd have all my ducks in a row and uh i learned a lot about the making of this movie like i said apparently it was hell bill murray despite having the basically entire screenplay rewritten before they started shooting it because he wanted to punch up certain aspects of it um he wanted to play up the romance and he wanted to play up the uh alfie woodard's character is the the equivalent to bob cratchit he wanted to have more scenes of her with her family um even then it wasn't enough for bill when they started shooting he couldn't he's he's bill murray he improvised constantly on set. Uh, very much to the frustration of everybody who wasn't Bill Murray, apparently, because <laughs> uh, because John, or sorry, Richard Donner was not at all used to that, uh, and and Carol Kane, um, and especially um, Karen Allen had just gotten done doing a bunch of like feeder stuff where you stick to the script, yeah. um, unless, unless the shit hits the fan and you have to improvise to cover for something. So it it, it was jarring to a lot of people on set what he was doing. Uh, which led to all kinds of frustrations. Um, Yeah, by all accounts, it was just a nightmare production, but somehow the end product is amazing. Uh, When they screened it for audiences, it got a 93% approval from their test screenings, which was at the time the highest approval uh, Paramount or whoever released the movie had ever seen. Yeah. So,
0: you know, looking at this movie and everything, Uh and what it is, this movie has always in, in, in my opinion felt like a movie that Bill Murray and uh Harold Ramis should have made together.
1: That would have been something.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I always I've I've always thought that, you know, if if if, if the rift hadn't have happened at the time and Harold Ramis and Bill Murray had made this movie, what would it have looked like?
1: Or even uh Bill and Ivan Reitman.
0: Oh god, yeah, even Bill and even Reitman, yeah, exactly. It would have been awesome. Uh first of all, I don't think you would have had Robert Mitchum in
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, there's a part of me that wants to see <laughs> this story redone uh with the um how uh, the Ghostbusters cast repertoire theater. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> With Dan Aykroyd <laughs> as the Ghost of Christmas past, the taxi driver, uh well, with Sigourney Weaver as Ghost of Christmas is a present.
0: No, no, uh, that no. No, Carol Kane plays. no, no. So if if you're making this with the Ghostbusters cast, uh-huh. Okay, I I still think Sigourney Weaver would have played uh the, the Karen Films. Allen part. The Karen Allen part, the love interest. So any
1: Potts is the Annie Potts
0: of- would have been the Christmas ghost of Christmas present. Um uh dan Aykroyd, yes the ghost of christmas past the 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 uh, the thing of course harold Ramis would have been the director and harold Ramis probably would have play, played the ghost of christmas uh future which which would have been interesting be given the visuals and and i don't even know how he would have done the visuals of that yeah.
1: um ernie hudson is the john glover director of the movie within the movie
0: yes 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 ernie hudson as the the director of the movie within the movie um the rick
1: moranis takes over the bobcat gulfway part.
0: yes thank you yes but who takes over the john forsyth meta bob uh, not bob Grant uh, the meta um marley marley
1: uh, oh, uh of course it's uh william atherton
0: oh god yes William Atherton.
1: Yes. Fuck yes. That would be awesome. That would be wonderful. All right, someone someone go find me a time portal <laughs> that we could drive through real quick. I got some changes to make.
0: <laughs> that would have been a, that would have been a great version of this movie. Not that this movie isn't great. This movie is yeah. awesome. It should be a staple for everybody's holiday movie list.
1: And again, it, it's the one I saw the most as a kid um, to the point that I, I was and I, ashamedly uh, in high school before I realized the story wasn't just called Scrooge. It's called A Christmas Carol. I'm like, oh, I just thought it was called Scrooge. And I did not get the pun of the title. It's Scrooged with a D Scrooged, because yeah. Bill Murray's character is getting Scrooged.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It took me a while to catch on to that. I was slow. It
0: is great. It is wonderful. Um. Yeah, God, I want to see that version now.
1: We're not going to. But I don't want to see it. We never will, but we can imagine. We can. Uh, all right, so Scott, uh, back this up and give me your your number. Well, whatever it was.
0: So yeah, so you you've got so when it comes to least favorite to 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 most favorite, you've got three and I've got
1: four. Well, the next two are going to be yours before we dovetail into the best version
0: um really
1: you got you got you have three left right no no i should only have two left i can't count then.
0: yeah because i've got four total and my my least favorite is patrick stewart my second the least favorite is scrooged so i've got my number three okay
1: okay i got you okay so give me your next one and then we'll together talk about the best one
0: so my 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 next favorite of of All of the Christmas Carol adaptations, um, because Scrooge is my second favorite. uh, You know, behind my favorite version, which we'll talk about in a minute. But um, is the uh, um oh, hopefully I still got it pulled up. Yeah, here it is. So it's another TV movie adaptation. Um, but this one, not from 1999, is from 1984. So it's four years prior to Scrooge, and of course it's a TV adaptation, not a film adaptation like Scrooge was. But it's it's with uh, George C. Scott as Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh... Um, and, and just like most, uh, well, not most, all of the TV adaptations of A Christmas Carol, they play it straight. They don't. They don't go anywhere near. They don't get in, into, into anything, you know, outside the box. They just play it straight, completely. Mm-hmm. And they take A Christmas Carol, and they're like, we're just going to fucking do it, uh, and everything. Um, you, you've, of course, got George C. Scott as Ebenezer Scrooge. You've got David Warner as Bob Cratchit. You've got Roger Reese, um, who uh, people may know from the later seasons of the television show um, Cheers uh, you know Fred Hollywell, who is uh Scrooge's nephew, um, uh Mark Strickson, whom some people have seen uh and uh give me a second to pull this up because I recognize his face, but uh oh uh, dr who uh like old school Doctor Who as a young Scrooge because we're still in that early eighties kind of a thing, Michael go. You know, as Mr. Poole, who people may know as Alfred from
1: uh, the um, Tim Burton, Batman movies.
0: Yes, Tim Burton, uh, Batman era. Uh, But once again, the whole point of this is to showcase George C. Scott as Ebenezer Scrooge. And I rank this above. Because it is, it's somewhat pedestrian in the fact that they don't take any creative liberties. They just they play it completely straight. They do it as, as pedestrian as they possibly can. But I rank this above uh, um, Patrick Stewart's version because George because of George C. Scott's screen presence as Ebenezer Scrooge in this completely and utterly, uh, you know he he's he's a little bit later in his career, and I, I just think personally that he, he comes off more Scrooge like than Stuart does as Scrooge. If that makes sense, okay. So I, I don't know what else I can say about this. but when it when it when it comes to if you think of a Christmas Carol uh, and that this could be me showing my age i think george c scott he pops in there
1: he just popped in there
0: he just popped in there he did i don't know if that makes sense or not
1: like no i guess everyone has that one that they they default to yeah um i have heard and seen this version referenced a bunch i have not actually seen this version
0: yeah once again if you watch this version And I I would recommend that everybody watch this version at least once. There's nothing special about it. There's nothing that would make you think, oh, my God, yes, I need to see this version. It's just it's it's a Christmas carol. You're going to watch it and you're going to go. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Yeah. okay, cool. Um, But just watching George C. Scott as Ebenezer Scrooge, like. I, I, I don't know, he. Even though it's 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 pedestrian and very formulaic and there's nothing special about it. he still deserves the credit that he gets for bringing this role to spring like i I could almost I could almost see an argument for Patrick Stewart, his performance being an homage to the George C. Scott performance. oh wow, okay. You know, like I could see, I could see you making the argument. or I'm sorry, any, anybody for making the argument, saying, "Oh yeah, uh, Patrick Stewart, yeah, he does a really great George C. Scott in that." Huh? Because George C. Scott played it so
1: straight.
0: <sighs> straight. Yeah. And 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 I could all, I could almost see somewhat of an argument for our number one pick being the same if it wasn't for the context in which the number one pick is going to be
1: well and i also think part of the reason you see so many adaptations of this is because because there's a lineage of great performances uh, as scrooge i mean is dry and cut and dry as it may be patrick stewart's uh uh adapt- adaptation his version got him a screen actors guild nomination for best actor uh george c scott like you said for a lot of people that's like their default scrooge like there's a lot been a lot of it's sort of like like Macbeth, um, uh, and yeah. that everyone's had you know everyone at some point every great actor wants to take a stab at it um pun intended um uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's sort of what scrooge is like is it yeah. sooner or later every actor once they reach a certain age kind of wants to take a, a run at at uh, ebenezer scrooge and yeah yeah, yeah it, a lot of times the the whole production is built around especially yeah, you, you could make the argument with patrick stewart it's built around showcasing that actor's performance
0: yeah yeah it's a really great way of uh, of, of of illustrating it that's uh, Ebenezer Scrooge is the Christmas Macbeth,
1: <laughs> and we have our episode title.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a, that's a really great great way of doing it. Like you have, you know, you have every actor's kind of stage performance. They want to take a run it, but Macbeth, when it comes to Christmas, you've got Ebenezer Scrooge.
1: So I didn't mean to say Macbeth. I meant the Scottish play. Sorry for any of any, any theater jocks who are listening. My bad. It's sorry. Okay,
0: it's okay because we are not, you know, a, a theater venue here. You can only, you only have to refer to it as the Scottish play when you're on a stage.
1: But why take the risk, Scott?
0: Once again, I can't argue. with that. In
1: yeah. case someone was listening to this podcast backstage during a production uh-huh. of the Scottish play, uh, First, I hope we didn't make you miss a cue. Uh, and second, sorry, break away. Exactly.
0: But, but anyway, yeah, th- this is my number two. So my ranking, of course, for, for, for least favorite to most favorite of A Christmas Carol, I've got, you know, Patrick Stewart version, then the George C. Scott version, then I go to Scrooged for my number All right. two.
1: Yeah. All righty. And even that I think falls within the the narrative of every great actor taking a run at it. Um Richard Donner has a great quote where oh, excuse me, he talks about someone asked him somebody asked him about working with, with Bill Murray on this and he says, uh filming that there, there's a part at the end of Scrooge where uh, Bill's character has his sort of come to Jesus moment and he's he's giving this big st- speech live on air. Um as he kind of comes to the realization of, of what kind of person he's been and how we can all be better people and, and whatnot. And Richard Donner said in that moment, in watching bill act this scene out, I watched bill go from being a comedian to an actor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Which I thought was a really cool quote. Um, yeah. I might be paraphrasing, paraphrasing it a bit. Sorry. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think that I think that narrative of Ebenezer Scrooge being the Christmas Macbeth uh, definitely holds water as evidenced by everybody. You, you just really get the cut to the chase and get to it. The number one uh, by unanimous vote. Number one, hands down best adaptation of a christmas carol ever put on celluloid from hold on page flip 1992 a muppet christmas carol
0: so i've got something queued up here if you
1: don't mind please there he is mr ebenezer scrooge
0: Say, is it getting cold out here?
1: Oh. When a cold wind blows, it chills you, chills you to the bone. But there's nothing in nature that freezes your heart like years of being alone. It paints you with indifference, like a lady paints with rouge. And the worst of the worst The most hated and cursed Is the one that we call Scrooge Unkind as any And the wrath of many This is Ebenezer Scrooge Yes Sorry There goes Mr. Humbug
0: There goes Mr. Scrooge
1: I've already watched this movie three times this year, Scott (sighs) See, I haven't
0: watched it yet this year (laughs) Because I try to find that sweet spot Of when I put this movie on
1: We like two, three weeks ago, we talked about it. I think it was when we first were spitballing ideas for topics, and someone threw this out there. While I was editing that episode, I flipped it on Disney Plus. I was at a Christmas party a couple weeks back, uh, and they made the mistake of handing me the remote control. Um, (laughs) So me and my buddy Jacob, shout out to Jacob, uh, who's also a huge fan of this movie, was just talking about, hey, it's it's uh, next year's the the uh, 30th anniversary sorry
0: sorry i thought i had things shut off and things all good you know me uh, go ahead
1: so I, I flipped it on during the party uh which most people were like what is this why are you watching this and then one person who's just like the muppets are dumb and it's like everything i could not to punch that person uh, it was a christmas party it was a christmas party it wasn't my house uh but then it, it made it for it because me and jacob just started singing along with it um and then literally the other day i was like I needed something on in the background. We were getting ready to do... Or I was starting to prep for this I'm like, Fuck, we're just watching it again. Yes. So good.
0: Yes, it is. I mean, I, I you know, you've got... So, first of all, we have to give a shout-out to... Uh, uh, shit, what the fuck's his name? Um, Michael Kane Yes. As, as Scrooge in this. Oh, major you know? shout-out. Yes, because, first of all, I love... Michael Caine as an actor. He is a wonderful actor and 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 I know we've talked about it on the show before, you know, we've discussed it, but when he was approached by this, you know, hey, we want you to be Scrooge, you know, apparently, you know, his thing was is like, "Okay, but, you know, if if I'm going to play Scrooge, I'm going to play Scrooge. I'm going to play it straight. I'm going to play it just like normal. I'm not going to give any kind of a thing." And they're like, "Yes. That's exactly what we want." And he does beautifully the only regret that i have to this movie is that michael Caine does not get to play scrooge in a straight version of a christmas carol but i feel like if he did it would have been lost in the shuffle just like patrick stewart
1: so look yeah he turns in an amazing performance um you see genuine emotional change in the character during different acts of this story the you look at Scrooge to the end of the film the beginning of the film uh, and even moments in the middle of the film and you see him genuinely having moments of of uh, emotional breakthrough he he nails it he nails every aspect of being scrooge he is a complete miser and a jerk at the beginning you see those moments where you know, when, when you can, and the part that gets me is when they're showing him it's um, uh, um, Christmas past and you can see him trying to do that British stiff upper lip. I'm not letting this get to me. I'm not letting. It. And then um, when at the Christmas party and his former girlfriend pops in and you can see just, uh, no, that was just, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. That was too far for him. And he literally begs the ghost. So he's like, please don't show me this. Like yes. he knows what's coming and he can, he knows he can't take it. Yes. um uh, that is played so wonderfully
0: um,
1: um and then the absolute horror when he realizes when ghosts of christmas um future, future yeah, he hears all these people talking about this person who's died and how no one loved him and how everyone hated him and he was so who is this i'm paraphrasing i can't remember the exact quote who is this creature who's so uh pitied upon and he shows him it's him and that that of oh god this is where I'm it's 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 not too late though right it's not too late like right now we're yes. changing right I can fix yes. this right
0: well so so of all of the Scrooges that we've talked about like literally his performance of the change is the one I believe the most yes uh, and I love it and going back to the to, to the to the Christmas past versions of this because we have to talk about you know of course the Muppet elements of this
1: okay
0: and the most Muppet element of this I love is <laughs> fuck God I love it even even now is when he's when he's when he's when he's when we're looking at his past when he's in his in the boarding school, you know uh-huh. yeah and the headmaster is Sam. Sam the, eagle. the the eagle the bald eagle and <laughs> And he's like, you know, and, and, and he's like, he's like, it is the American way. And then Gonzo, as Charles Dickens whispers in his ears, like, oh, oh, okay. It is the British
1: way. Um, that's a beautiful segue uh, into what puts this movie over the top because Michael Caine's performance, fantastic. Yes. But as we've discussed, there are other actors who have turned in really great performances as Ebenezer Scrooge. What elevates this to number one is everything surrounding that great performance. This is the only film to date to have Charles Dickens as a character within the adaptation of his own story played by Gonzo the Great. Yes. I am Uh, here to tell you the story and I am here for the food. The food. Yeah. Uh, Brizzo and Gonzo are our narrators throughout the film and they anchor it and they get through some of the creepier moments cuz they know kids are watching. Yes. Uh well, even, and they have even, their go ahead.
0: Sorry, even when they get to the Ghost of Christmas Future, they're like, "You know what? We're out. We're, we'll see you
1: on the other side. <laughs> we'll see you guys in the third act." Um yeah, the, the, Gonzo and Rizzo's banter is fantastic. The <laughs> the bits they have along the way to introduce that muppet humor, <laughs> like the lamp not the rat, like the lamp not the rat. Light
0: the lamp not the rat. <laughs> God, yes.
1: Uh, that's great it's and because it it, i look at it sort of like the way you stage a musical almost um there are musicals where people just spontaneously break it into song and dance and it's like no one makes a big deal out of it and there Mm -hmm. are musicals like chicago where the performances are literally on a stage and it kind of separates that Reality from fantasy kind of element a little bit where yes we're gonna have big musical numbers but they'll be presented as musical numbers on stage yeah. and that's kind of what this movie does the the Muppet humor by and large is is when Scrooge isn't on screen not yes. all the time but yes. most well, of the
0: time yeah when we get when we get to well when we get to Scrooge pre revelation yes yes anytime Scrooge is on screen pre revelation it's straight. And, and then when Scrooge is off screen and we get the our narrators, that's when we inject the the Muppet humor back into this the 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 people who produced, directed, and were oversaw the creative of this did this. The execution of this is beautiful. um, you know, and and then you get like you know the the whole scene where they're trying to get over the gate and they they, they <laughs> look. And then when they, they they climb up and they get over and they fall and and everything and then uh, Rizzo remembers he's left his is it peanuts what, what's his he left bag him? of his,
1: jelly beans bag shot. of jelly
0: beans yes so he literally just walks through the bars of the gate and and gets the jelly beans and comes back and Gonzo is like wait wait you could you you could fit through the bars the whole time and he's like yeah why he's like you're such an idiot
1: <laughs> what <laughs> what love. That. Uh and it's also great you know at this point uh everyone in you know 1992 everyone knows the muppets and we're waiting for her to see who, what muppet's going to appear as what character. Kermit is great as the earnest Bob Cratchit. Mm-hmm. Um and and Robin is great as Tiny Tim cuz he you know immediately exudes that kind of uh symp- <clears throat> sympathy needed for that character. Uh and then you get some that are just like, it's, it's a dumb pun, but I love it. You get Fozzie Bear as Fozzie Wig.
0: Fozzie Wig, yes.
1: Uh, it, it, yeah, it's, uh, it's Statler and Waldorf. Uh, <laughs> Marley is now the, the Marleys. Uh, there were two of them.
0: And apparently they died at the bat- same time.
1: Yep.
0: But it makes uh, her a song.
1: It does, and, and this whole thing. So again, this was the first of what would become a series of, of Muppet adaptations of beloved stories. This was followed by Muppet, uh, Muppet Treasure Island, Muppet Wizard of Oz. There's probably at least one I'm forgetting. Uh, but this kind of this this kind of became the shtick of the Muppets. It's, oh, we'll take these classic tales and we'll Muppetize them. Well, um, and and go ahead.
0: Well, but, but I mean. Even of even of all the ones like a Muppet uh, Treasure Island, Muppet Oz, and everything, this is still the best. Like like they oh, met, yes, yes. captured the 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 magic that this one had.
1: It 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 lends itself so perfectly to it, and it's it's one of those projects where the more I dug into it, the more I was like, "Wow, this like this could have been easily could have gone the other way." This was the first major production undertaken by Muppet Studios after the death of Jim Henson. It was the first major performance from Steve Whitmire as Kermit. Um, Statler and Waldorf, who play the Marlies, and are one of my favorite parts of this movie. Uh, I didn't realize this until I was researching. I knew Jim Henson had passed. What I didn't realize is the other actor, whose name I wrote down somewhere in my notes, hold on just a second, Richard Hunt, uh, who was probably best known for playing Scooter. He died about a year or two after Jim Henson. Henson and Hunt are the original voice performers for Stoutler and Waldorf.
0: so so i've got that i've got that pulled up here because 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 um, yeah. their their song is
1: beautiful yes so hey, and so. and the whole thing was directed and produced by brian henson yeah son of jim henson the, yeah. the, there was so much writing on this movie yeah. for the Muppet franchise going forward. Yeah. And so many weird elements had to come together to make this thing. Cause this easily could have been like, wow, this was this was like, what were you guys thinking? Yeah. But, um, but it it all gels together beautifully.
0: It does. And and, and I've got to play this, I'm sorry, because I love it so much. I'm not gonna stop you. <laughs> Hmm? It's Ebenezer Scrooge oh. looking older and more wicked than ever. I knew he wouldn't disappoint us. Oh! <laughs> hey,
1: leave the comedy for the Bears.
0: Life, we were your partners, Jacob and Robert Marley.
1: It looks like you,
0: but I don't believe it. Why do you doubt your senses?
1: Because a little thing can affect them. A slight disorder of the stomach can make them cheat. You may be a bit of undigested beef, a blob of mustard, (laughs) a crumb of cheese. Yes, there's more of gravy than of grave about you. More of gravy than of grave? What a terrible pun.
0: Where do you get those jokes? Leave comedy to the bears, Ebenezer. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah even in this so when, when you get the marlies on screen y- you still get the heckling you know cuz the, the 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 core of their characters as as what they are and then when you switch to you get the cut to uh Michael Caine as Ebenezer you cut back into like straight a christmas yep. carol and then you cut back to the Marleys, and then you get that that wonderfully, beautifully line of "Leave the comedy to the bears." God, it's 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 awesome! Like this movie is gold all the way through. And I don't know I, 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 anybody who doesn't love it. I don't get.
1: I also want to take a moment and talk about. It. So again, the all the Muppet characters that you Fozzie, Kermit, Miss Piggy, Bean, freaking Bunny is in this movie. Uh, they're <laughs> all they all pop up somewhere. Yes. But what I think is a testament to this adaptation is its depiction of the ghosts of past, present, and future because they are all portrayed by puppet performers. Yes, that are all as unique and different as past, present, and future are. Yeah, uh, past you get a stick and rod puppet that was performed on a green screen underwater.
0: Wow, that I didn't know.
1: To get the ethereal floaty of the character, it was performed underwater
0: wow i could see that now now that i think about it because yeah when she's on screen yeah like all of her peripherals like the stuff that's not her the core of the puppet is very floaty i I didn't know it was performed in water but yeah uh
1: it, it speaks to the legacy jim henson was a guy who was always trying to push the limits of what you could do with puppetry uh, look at Dark Crystal and Labyrinth for, for more examples of how he kept trying to push the limits of what you could do with puppetry. And this film, even though it is a, a Muppet movie, it's got all the core Muppets in it. It also held true to that the tenet of, of Jim Henson to keep pushing forward what you can do with puppetry. Uh, yeah. Ghost of Christmas Present is a, a full bodysuit Muppet. Yeah, uh, where it's a performer in a suit with the the phase control partially—it's sort uh, yeah. essentially—is what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now that that one I've got pulled up here because okay. that's one of my favorites. I, lo- I love the Ghost of Christmas Present in this, in this film. So, uh, hang on. Oh, come in and know me better,
1: man. because
0: I love his song here. About it, realized there was You're a little
1: absent-minded, aren't you? No, I'm a large absent-minded <laughs> spirit. large absent-minded spirit, Yes. Yeah.
0: Come in and know me better, man. Uh, did I already say that? You did. did. I did. am the ghost of Christmas present. This is the night before the dawn, before the day of Christmas. Uh, did I tell you that
1: I am the ghost of Christmas present? You did. Did. did, Come in <laughs> and know me better, man.
0: No. come on you're a little absent-minded spirit
1: no i'm a large absent-minded spirit <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah I, I love his song it goes in it goes into the actual song you know uh,
1: I'm kinda, I'm, uh, <sighs> it's also the first time you see scrooge crack a joke yes that the yes. the he's jolly smart yeah the jolliness and 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 uh joyfulness of this spirit is even it, it, even within the first meeting him starting to have an effect on scrooge yeah it,
0: uh, he it, talks
1: it, about um 1900 brothers and sisters yeah. or something like that
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> well, actually, imagine the grocery bill yeah well, uh, uh, it it should be coming up here just oh okay see. my mind is filled with the here and now and the now is Christmas! <laughs> I don't believe I've ever met anybody like you before, sir. Really? Over eighteen hundred of my brothers have come before me. Eighteen hundred?
0: Imagine the grocery bills.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I mean if you if you if you discard the Christmas carol, you know, and the Muppet uh, layers of this. And you just look at this from a filmmaking standpoint. This movie is solid all the way through. Everything has a payoff. Everything is beautiful because once, like you just said, this the ghost of prison because 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 Scrooge is visited by the past, present, and future. So it's after his encounter with the past that we get into the present, and now we start to see a crack. In the Scrooge armor. You know, we 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 see we see him cracking Joe's. We see a little bit of the humanity that's inside Scrooge. And this is the first time that you see it, is when he's when he's talking to the ghost of Christmas present. Um, he's still got a little ways to go. He's not mm-hmm. fully there, but we see a crack.
1: And you see Christmas present throughout the his time with Scrooge, uh, getting older, the beard getting grayer yes. because he's living in the here and now, and that's only yes. a, a temporary thing. And we're getting um,
0: past the present, yes,
1: yes, but a, a wonderfully performed uh, suit puppet. Uh, the, the the actor in the suit is working that suit, and the the puppeteers offstage controlling some of the facial are working it. And it's it's you genuinely believe you know it's a muppet. But you, genuinely, as much as you believe Yoda in *Empire Strikes Back*, you believe this is a spiritual being. He's larger than life, but that's what he should be because he is just the embodiment of—he's uh, he, present and present in that moment is Christmas, and he is filled with the spirit of Christmas, and it's literally flowing; it, it's overflowing out of him, and that's—it's so so beautifully done. Yes, uh, and then that transitions directly into just the incredibly somber. Does not speak a word. Doesn't say anything. Just points with that big creepy finger. Goes to the Christmas future.
0: Yes, um, and God, I I just I can't say enough good things about this movie. Yeah, like I, I mean, I know it's the Muppets. And I know there's been other versions of a Christmas Carol out there, but this one brings in the comedy, and the musicalness, and the song, uh, and 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 everything just so much that, uh, uh, and and even from like I said, a, mo- a movie making standpoint, like everything just just works so wonderfully. It, it's.
1: And it does it all under an hour and a half,
0: under an hour and a half
1: hour and 25 minutes.
0: It is, it is, it is wonderful. Um, my only regret in this movie, uh, that I would, I would have to say is that, um, miss piggy has such a small role because she's relegated to the role of Bob Cratchit's wife.
1: She,
0: good. Well, she's a staple of the Muppets. I mean, when you think of the Muppets, you got you got Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy. Those are your your two biggies, you know. And because of the role she has to play, you know, she's not in most of this movie. That's that's my only regret: the fact that we, but but the fact that we get to showcase Robin, you know, Kermit's nephew as uh, Tiny Tim is wonderful uh the fact that we get to showcase um uh and i forget the the the, the muppet character name um and, and and that's that's another thing you know you've, you've got muppet characters like kermit the frog is a character of the muppets he's not an actor he's he's performed of course by jim henson originally but jim henson passed away and i, I forget the other the other gentleman steve whitmire steve whitmire uh, in this one right he's steve whitmire yes.
1: Right. Yes, this was the first one where he first took over.
0: Okay. Um, so you get Steve Wittenmeyer playing Kermit the Frog, who's playing Bob Cratchit. So you get that that a- added layer. You get you get uh, um, uh, Bunsen and Beaker as the uh, the gentlemen who are uh, collecting for charity, you know, on Christmas Eve and get thrown out by uh, them. I-, I do find it interesting that we went with a human actor for Scrooge's nephew and wife. Uh, And stuff like that entire scene in the ghost of Christmas present when he goes to his nephew's house. Well, actually not Mm -hmm. scene because there are Muppets in that scene. But so for Scrooge's nephew and wife, you get humans. Everybody else in that scene is a Muppet. And and I find it interesting. We went with humans for those roles instead of Muppets.
1: Well, it is interesting who they paid for what. And, and like you say, uh, apparently there was originally a version where, Miss Piggy was the ghost of Christmas past and I'm glad they went a different direction with that. Yeah. Um, I understand. I think what, I I think what you get of piggy is spot on Miss Piggy. Yes. Um, and I, I feel like it was incredibly brave of Brian Henson and company to dial back some of the more outlandish Muppets. Uh, I mean, you get little snippets like, you know, the, the, the party at Fozzie Wigs. The band is Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Yeah, uh, like you, you get little, but they don't go full hog into that. It's just that they're there, okay, hey, cool, and we're moving on. Like they were very restrained with a lot of up Muppet shtick. Uh, Which is not to say there isn't shtick in this movie. There is great shtick in this movie. Uh, (laughs) Everything with Gonzo and Rizzo is spot on, Uh, but they were very reserved with what this could have gone crazy. The if you would have done, you know, Gonzo, because apparently, again, one of the original concepts was Ghost of Christmas Future was Gonzo, and all you saw was the hood and his nose sticking out they could have gone that direction with it they did yeah. they dialed and it back they, and they, yeah. they said no we're going to do this a little more straight
0: well and and even even in, uh, the ghost of christmas present i'm sorry the, the ghost of christmas future in this movie is completely sans shtick. so yep. it, it it it's prefaced by gonzo and and uh, rizzo who are literally the the voice of the muppets in this movie pulling out they're like, look, you know, uh, we're going into this, um, you're on your own. We'll see you on the other side. They pull out and they go full-on, straight, you know, uh uh scary, you know, spooky, um, with a Muppet still as the ghost of Christmas future, but they pull all of the shtick back until after that's done. And they 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 illustrate it with Gonzo and Rizzo saying, "Yeah, we're out. We'll see you the other side," and and I love it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to find a not bad thing to say, but I'm trying to find a a, a criticism on the execution of this movie, and I can't.
1: yeah, it's again, there's lots of ways they could have gone with this adaptation. There's lots of I think they they hit the sweet spot of Muppet irreverence, but not to the detriment of telling the story. It never falls into the realm of being parody, which it easily could have. And some might argue that's more in the vein of Muppets is to do a parody of it. Um, but they don't. and And they cast a world- class actor to be Scrooge. and and they did not sour or sully his performance by yucking it up with the muppets uh it's it's again they found that sweet spot and they write it for an hour and 20 minutes and it's beautiful yeah
0: yeah i i agree completely i once again i cannot find any criticism of how this movie was executed other than maybe miss piggy doesn't get showcased a lot but I, I, I get, you know, like where she's at is exactly where she should
1: be. Yeah. Um, so I don't I, know. There, there's a reason it's our number one pick. And again, if if, if the doc was here, uh, he would, because I know we've talked. Uh, we all agreed this was our favorite. We knew going into this episode, we were all going to have the same number one pick. So, yeah. That should tell you something when when because it happens a lot on this show when two of us have the same thing on a list because we're, we're we're to a degree very like minded individuals. Uh, But we also have some pretty wild left field kind of like, wow, I wouldn't have guessed that um, <laughs> kind of pick. So when all three of us unanimously and not just like, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that one. That's pretty good, too. But like, no, we all immediately went to <laughs> the Christmas Carol uh, yep. as our favorite version that says something.
0: Yeah, it's it's a wonderful movie. Uh, I just I don't know what else we can say about it. We've we've covered. Is there anything we've missed about it?
1: Um, I mean, we can just sit here and quote Gonzo and Rizzo some more.
0: <laughs> we could very much so.
1: You know that food is plastic. I thought it tasted kind of funny.
0: <laughs> you were such an idiot. <laughs>
1: Uh, I, <laughs> there's also some great moments that I don't know for certain, but I'm pretty sure were are we're improvised. Uh, Gonzo and Rizzo were fighting outside of uh, Scrooge's house. And Gonzo gets disgusted with Rizzo over something and calls him idiot or something. And he just kind of stares at him for a minute. And then Rizzo just kind of walks up like, boop, kisses him on the on the nose. like, <laughs> I know that wasn't scripted. That was just the actors <laughs> messing around. But it's such a beautiful moment uh, when you can improvise with Muppets and it gets <laughs> in the movie. Like, yes. That's, that's pretty special. God, yes.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it completely. Um. Well, you know, and in, in, in even you get the, so several things that they put in the movie, like you get the whole thing of, uh, you know, when Gonzo is, is introducing himself as Charles Dickens. You know, and he's like, he's like, I know this story of uh, Christmas Carol like the back of my hand. He's like, oh yeah, prove it. He's like, okay, and he holds his hand out. You know, and he's like, uh, there's a little mole to the right of mine. He said, like, no, no, tell us the story, not your hand. No, but
1: tell the story, not your hand. <laughs> yeah, but
0: not only does he does yep. that, but when you have, and and this is this is a tribute to the the puppeteers, of mm-hmm. of 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 Henson Productions and Henson Studios, is. That when he holds his hand out, not only does he just hold his hand out, but he turns his head away and closes his eyes. You know, like he's yeah, not so he can't see his hand. They're
1: dialed in, man.
0: Yeah, uh, so you get that and and and, and that stuff. Um, and and then you know when when you've got the ghost of Christmas Past, who is going to take Scrooge out the window and they go flying? You know, because that. And and this is another aspect of uh, a Muppet Christmas Carol that I think needs to be said is that despite all of the Muppetizing and the musicalizing, the, the, the stuff that they bring in that is new to this version, they try as as hard as possible to be true to the original as possible. And one of the things is the Ghost of Christmas Past, you know, always takes scrooge out of his window because you you've got in the original version and even in this one where he, they try to step out the window and scrooge is hesitant because he says i'm mortal and i am likely to fall you know he can't fly and he knows that but the spirit says well i'll make you fly so the fact that they're going out the window and flying gonzo has the grappling hook on the rope
1: <laughs> he's, Here, he's hold this why
0: he's, he's, he's <laughs> winding up Cause he knows what's coming and he's got to hook on to the ghost so they can fly with them. Like shit like that is just what makes this beautiful and awesome. And yep. it, it, if you, if you go back and you look at the original text of a Christmas Carol from Charles Dickens, and you look at the dialogue of this, like all of the key important dialogues are still preserved in this. You know, yeah, yeah. There are
1: whole sections just straight from the book,
0: just lifted straight from the book. Most of it is Scrooge's stuff, of course, because Mm -hmm. because with the Muppets they 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 ad lib a little bit, but even when they ad lib, they still keep true to the spirit. And yeah, if you look at it from a movie making standpoint and a storytelling standpoint, this is far and away the most entertaining and wonderful adaptation of A Christmas Carol that's ever been put
1: on film. We cannot recommend it enough. You can find it right now on Disney Plus uh, or I'm sure wherever store uh, hastily has a bunch of cheap DVDs of Christmas movies <laughs> put up. It's probably on one of those two. Uh, but no, absolutely, hands down, our number one pick is A Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, for all that we, we could sit here for a whole episode and gush about it, but we're going to go ahead and cut it off. Yeah,
0: um I, I think i might have something queued up here
1: okay to play to us work, out
0: to play us out i i say i think because i can't listen to it ahead of time
1: okay well uh we'll <laughs> see how heart. this goes we're gonna wing it so thank you for listening uh let us know which adaptation we missed Uh, and what you thought of our choices Uh, until we meet again because we might be taking a bit of a break for the holiday season, but we'll be back shorter than, sooner than you probably want us to be anyway Uh, with that, thank you for listening this has been your weekly nerd alert Scott, play us out
0: us and all of us and so,
1: as Tiny Tim observed God bless us God bless us, everyone the love we found, the love we found, we carry with us, so we never quite alone.
0: The love we found, the love we found, the sweetest dream that we have.
1: dickens oh thanks if you like this you should read the book happy holidays everyone